0: Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Subscribe to the Astros Podcast. I'm joined by
1: Justin Verlander getting the ball on opening day.
0: Steve Sparks here and I'm with Lance McCuller. Tons of interviews.
1: Robert Ford joined by Michael Brantley. Alex Bregman. Carlos Correa returning to the lineup today. Highlights.
0: That
2: is line in the right field and that's going to get down for a base hit. High deep and it it's gone.
0: Follow your favorite team. Out. See you later. See you later. See you later. Astros headed back to the World Series. All season long. A Bob Z at home plate. Subscribe to the Astros podcast. We
2: definitely love playing in front
0: of our fans in minute Park. part. Woo-hoo! For the
1: H. They never said it would be easy.
0: This is the Houston Astros Radio Network. Welcome to another edition of Astros Pod. We appreciate all the fans out there and especially those who are working towards wrapping up this incredible pandemic that has really dominated our lives here for the last month or so. Uh, All those on the front line, all those uh, out there doing great things, we so appreciate you. And and continue to follow us on Astros.com for all the latest updates. My pleasure to welcome in my broadcast partner on the TV side. We'd probably be about two weeks into our season by now. Instead, this is our first Astros podcast together. Jeff Blum, how you doing, buddy?
1: I'm doing pretty good, TK, and it's always good to hear your voice, but it would be really good to be sitting next to you calling some of these games. I know that uh, ourselves are missing the games, and I know a lot of the fans are missing the games, too, but hopefully... You know, we can kind of pass the time hanging out with each other on this podcast and move a little bit closer to a potential date where we do get to see and hear some baseball. But uh, I, I had a chance to do an Instagram live with Julia the other day. And at that point, that's when I really realized that I missed baseball is hearing your guys' voices and being able to have the conversation and get on a bus with you, Sparky, Robert Ford, Mad Bolts, and, and have a good time like we're accustomed to having. Because I'm definitely missing the game right now. And I know you are, too.
0: Yeah, I mean, we've both been in the game long enough that it's kind of part of your circadian rhythm where this time of year you're supposed to be busy. And it's weird to be sitting here in April and not have anything to do. And I know everything's getting pushed back and hopefully baseball will be sooner than later. Uh, What have you and and the Blum family been up to?
1: You know what, Uh, it's a little bit, it's becoming a little bit of Groundhog Day, but with school kind of starting back up and the girls going to online classes, we've tried to get a little more routine oriented, you know, wake up at a decent hour. Uh, We'd not necessarily change out of our pajamas, so to speak, but uh, (laughs) you know, sip some coffee, do a crossword. We've been getting outside quite a bit, which has been awesome. But at the same time, you know, during these times, you really get a a chance to find out who each other is. And I'm actually pretty grateful that my family is uh, who they are because it's been fun to watch the girls kind of uh, gravitate towards each other and create that bond that's a little bit stronger through these tough times. But uh, I'm sure here with the way the weather's been going down here in Houston, it's getting a little bit warmer. I'm going to start doing some more cannonballs out back.
0: (laughs) I love it. I love it. Hey, bro, I know during the time you've had off uh, from baseball, you and your buddy David Tuttle, who do uh, the podcast Bleacher Blums, which I think you're like in the mid-60s now in your number of episodes. Mm. You guys have turned turned into video stars in addition to radio stars, huh?
1: <laughs> Yeah, I'm not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but uh, now we have to shower and clean up a little bit before we get on that podcast. I appreciate you bringing that up. But yeah, Bleacher Blums is going good, and it's actually, you know, with the downtime and the ability to adjust our schedules accordingly, it's been easier for us to get out to the, to the masses, and we've actually created a pretty good following. We enjoy talking. To the people out there. Uh, they go to our website. They give us mailbag questions. And I encourage everybody listening to these podcasts uh, to go ahead and try and reach out and uh, you know get to some of the people who are hosting these because we've had a great time reading some of the mailbag questions because topics come up in these conversations that normally maybe we wouldn't think of and the fans actually engage us in some. So it's been a lot of fun. But uh, I appreciate you bringing that up. What have you been doing to uh, keep occupied yourself, TK?
0: Not a whole lot I mean uh, Michelle, my wife has been working at a home since this started actually about a week since it started she um, every once a week she'll go into the office she doesn't see anybody at the office but she just goes in there once a week so that we have a little bit of separation <laughs> um, but now she's been she's been working and I have been just been doing whatever trying to you know improve whatever we can in this house. We've kind of gotten things pretty set to where we we want it now we put our surround sound together this past weekend and we crush the music. Uh, the last couple of nights and had a little dance nice. party one night with some wine. So that was cool. Yes. Um, having a little basket out front on the driveway. So every other day I shoot a hundred free throws and try and improve my percentage. <laughs> and uh, nice, I, have dude. The, I have the same little chipping thing you do. I bought the, it was crazy. Like it's, it, we worked together during baseball season and we had the same thoughts. Like with all this time, I was going to work on my short game. You had the same thoughts. So I've got a little golf net and a little chipping uh, AstroTurf kind of thing that I've been working on on my short game a little bit because Lord knows we both need help in that area.
1: Oh, my gosh, yeah, isn't that the truth? Because once this thing finally unfolds and we get back to our routine, part of that routine is going out on the road and playing some golf, so I expect big things from you, man. (laughs) Hey, do we have to
0: sit six feet apart in the broadcast booth when we start back?
1: Well, I actually ordered a plexiglass window that I'm going to travel with and uh,
0: partition us. <laughs>
1: I'm
0: kidding. Uh oh. <laughs> hey, bro. You guys are so you guys are so into your Instagram lives. You do all this other stuff. I've got to think with four girls, including triplets, that at some point the topic of TikTok has come up. Are you guys oh, going man. to ever? Are you guys going to ever venture in to the TikTok craze?
1: Well, I don't. I, you apparently have some pretty good wine dancing skills. And <laughs> to be honest, I have actually taken uh, dance classes with my wife uh, last year, but I don't think that that qualifies for what TikTok is expecting us to do. And I do not have the speed nor the talent to keep up with what's going on on TikTok. But trust me, there's been plenty of videos deleted where I've tried or attempted to get after it, but my daughters just, they can't make it through a full video without just horse laughing me out of the picture. So I've not yet ventured into the TikTok realm.
0: Oh, dude, that is so funny. Well, I'm glad we finally catch it up. Uh, You talked about doing stuff with Julia. That's part of uh, Instagram Live and and, uh, on the AT&T Sportsnet platform where they kind of get us ready for different reairs that we're doing. I've had a chance to watch a couple of games here and there, but it is really strange to even think about uh, re-watching games right now when you really think you should be working them. So I can't wait till we get to do this for real.
1: Yeah, isn't that one of the more bizarre things is knowing that we should be working right now, yet you're watching games where your voice is coming over it and you almost can remember verbatim what you said during that game or anticipate what the next play is going to bring. And I think that I'm with you in the sense that that makes it almost a little bit tougher for us is because we want to be able to be in the moment and enjoy the fan base as as their anticipation increases with what the Astros are going to be able to do. And then we elevate uh, to the situation too and try and add some color to that situation, but it is kind of bizarre and it's a weird world we're living in but at the same time I've actually enjoyed you know watching some of those older series that if you go back into the 80s and it kind of reminds me of my childhood or my teenage years when I was watching some of the Astros uh, teams in the mid to late 80s going through the National League West so it brought it, back, it brings back some good memories but at the same time I think we're all looking forward to making some new ones
0: Oh, no doubt about it. I, I love the re-airs, too. And we've been, I, I saw the one with Rick Armstrong the other day, the son of Neil Armstrong. That was crazy. Apollo 11, 50-year yeah. anniversary. And there's 11 nothing in the inning. He's in our broadcast booth. Uh, just totally bizarre. One of the things they replayed, uh, which leads us into our guest today, was the Justin Verlander no-hitter on September 1st in Toronto. In fact, uh, that was part of the, the opening day celebration around Major League Baseball. And one of the key contributors to that no-hitter, uh, Justin Verlander might not have three no hitters had it not been for Abraham Toro's opposite field home run with two outs in the top half of the ninth inning. And the Minor League Baseball Player of the Year for the Houston Astros, Abraham Toro, joins us on our Astros Pod. So, Abraham, tell us about what you've been doing during this whole time down from baseball.
2: Um, you know, just trying to stay in shape. You know, I've been uh, been working out. Uh, most importantly, uh, throwing uh, long toss like three times a week hitting and, you know, just just trying to stay ready for whenever we start a season.
0: And where are you getting your workout then?
2: Uh, I decided to come in in Oklahoma. uh, This is where uh, I went to college, junior college near Seminole. So this is uh, where I'm doing most of my work. So are you down there in Oklahoma with other players or
1: how many guys are with you?
2: There's one uh, other friend of mine, he, he came here to school, uh, and he's uh, with the Kansas City Royals organization. So uh, we kind of work out uh, together, and uh, and yeah, it's just the, the two of us.
1: Yeah, these are interesting times, and I know it can be a little bit tough trying to stay in shape. So it's always interesting to hear what you guys are doing. I've been watching on social media. It's nice to know that you don't have to throw to uh, your significant other. You actually have a good throwing mate that can actually bring it to you. Uh, I've got a question more on how, how are the Astros keeping in touch with you guys and how is the communication between players and organization and the league as far as all the information that's going around these days?
2: Oh, it's been great. You know, uh, at the beginning, I didn't have any weight room to, you know, to work out. So, uh, just, uh, the, the, um, the trainers that they, they were in touch with me, you know, it's kind of like guiding me and helping me some stuff I could do. And, um, also you know on the on the base, more on the baseball side, uh, I've been in touch with uh, with uh, our staff just uh, see like how I can like take ground balls or you know just we communicating to, to, to see like where I'm at and uh, and it's been great 23 you just turned 23 in the offseason coming off a remarkable
0: 2019 campaign uh, when you look back, a lot to be proud of I would think especially, Ah, uh, getting the honor not only as Astros minor league player of the year, but the Canadian offensive minor league player of the year.
2: It's an honor for me, you know. Especially, like you said, uh, we're not a lot of players from Canada, so every time I can, you know, have an award like that, I can represent a country. You know, it's it's really really big and important for me.
0: And it's kind of an interesting backstory. Uh, you were originally from Venezuela. Your parents moved from Caracas to Quebec. How was that transition? And uh, you still live in Montreal or that area during the off season when tell us about your background a little bit
2: yeah that's right so uh, my parents they came to Canada one year before I was born and uh, you know so I was born and raised there and when I was young they barely speak uh, French and they speak a little bit of English so I was kind of you know helping them with with the language and and then we just stay there ever since and they obviously from Venezuela you know baseball is really big so that's that's how uh you know my love for for the game started and you know I've been playing since I was a little kid so i played
1: for the montreal expos for 3 years and i learned two words and one of them i can't Say on air because if somebody actually knows French, they're going to understand it. But the one, the one that I enjoyed the most was when our announcers would go out there and scream "cirque, cirque, cirque." That was a lot of fun for me. Tell me a little bit, you know, going back to uh, that game with Justin Verlander's third no-hitter in Toronto. Give me an idea of the emotions in the dugout uh, during that ball game. The next pitch will be number 120 for Verlander. Here it comes. Ground ball, left side, waiting on a Toro. He's got
0: it, throws across in time, and that is the ball game. A no-hitter, Justin Verlander, the third of his career. The Astros mob him in front of the mound as the Astros win it 2 to nothing. How about Justin Verlander? He doesn't get older, he
2: gets better. His last no-hitter came in this ballpark eight years ago going up to that game uh i had a i had um i wasn't in the lineup at the beginning and then you know one hour before the game uh they put me in the lineup and you know i had a couple of friends and uh my cousin was in the stands and going up to the ninth inning you know everybody knew what was going on but you know we, we needed like at least a run to make the no hitting did happen, and you know when I hit that ball, it was crazy. Toro lines it pretty deep to left field. It sends back. Drury, still going back, looking up. See you later. See you later. Up, go ahead. Two run home run for Abraham Toro, and the Astros go up two to nothing in the ninth. Welcome back home, Abraham Toro. To do it like in my in my country, it was it was a really special moment. Yeah, that's outstanding. And I want to ask you: you hit that ball left-handed.
1: You went opposite field, but you switch hit. At what age did you start switch hitting? So
2: I'm a natural right-handed batter, uh hitter, and uh, I would—I mean, I was always, you know, like when when you're young, sometimes I would just go lefty, sometimes. But I would say full-time switch hitter, like when I was 16, that's when I—I I would switch it all the time and and uh, take it more seriously.
0: No, you said you had your friends and your cousin in town for that weekend. It was a weekend series against the Toronto Blue Jays, and as you said, you weren't supposed to be in the lineup. Yuli Gurriel was a late scratch. I led Miss Diaz shifted from third to first, and you ended up starting at third base. I assume Toronto is such a great city that you were out with your friends the night before. Do you then text them and say an hour before the game, "Hey, make sure you get there for opening pitch because now I'm in the lineup." How, were they there anyhow? <laughs>
2: So for that game, I, I was supposed to have even like a lot of family and like a lot of my uh, family, but, you know, when I told them I wasn't on the lineup, it was, it was kind of sad because my mom and sister and brother, they they decided to leave because it's a long drive. Oh, and, no. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and then when they saw like that I played and, you know, I hit that home run, They I mean, they were really happy, but at the same time they were like, man, like why did we leave? But – you know it's it, it was still great they they still enjoyed it and, and saw that. so
0: your your family was there for the Friday and Saturday's game and because they had to drive towards your hometown they decided to leave
2: for the Sunday game yeah so like they, they were they wanted to stay but like I told them I wasn't playing so because it's like a five and a half hour drive so they like uh you know just let's just leave early and then when they saw my name on the lineup they were like halfway halfway there so they were like oh no and then they saw me do that so that's what happened
1: Those stories are always interesting, and I'm sure you're going to have plenty more opportunities for your family to see you play in the big leagues because you've done such a good job with the Astros as far as hitting both right-handed and left-handed. But the thing that I have found interesting, looking back on some of your minor league numbers, you played all over the infield coming up through the minor leagues, and you have the athletic ability to move all over the place. But uh, is there a particular position that you
2: enjoy playing more than most? Um, so I would say, you know, I, I'm being a third baseman, I'm really comfortable there. But there's something about second baseman, like even if I haven't played a lot of games that, you know, I, I I like it. Just uh, being able to turn double plays. I mean, I still haven't played yet in the big leagues at second base, but I in the minor leagues. But second baseman is, is definitely a position that, that I enjoy. But, you know, I like, I like playing everywhere. I Just uh, being versatile is something that, that I like. Yeah, it's interesting
1: they bring up second base. I feel the same way. I loved playing second base because it is a pretty active position over there. But looking at your minor league numbers, you've played 16 games at second base. The interesting thing about that is that you played one less game behind the plate, and I don't think many people even I didn't know that until I looked your numbers up right now that you played fifteen games a catcher. Do you like the idea
2: of having to catch uh so honestly um i, I like I liked being a catcher, but you know I wasn't really good so <laughs> that's the thing that uh, <laughs> that happened i wasn't I wasn't able to block enough and you know it's my receiving position. yeah, my receiving was decent and my throwing was okay, but you know I couldn't block, and and also, uh, I was I was not really good. So that's that's what happened with catching. <laughs> but if you're a
1: utility guy like that. You end up being the emergency catcher. Did AJ Hinch or has Dusty Baker said anything to you about possibly being an emergency catcher? Uh,
2: no, they haven't said anything to me. But well, that's you know, good. If, if some if some day or some game, you know, I have to catch, I mean, I'll go for it and I'll try to do my best, for sure.
0: You two, you and Jeff Blum have a lot in common, playing multiple positions, uh, learning how to switch hit. Uh Do you feel like you have more pop now, even though you were a natural righty? You hit that ball uh, that we mentioned in the Verlander, no hitter, to, to the left field, as the lefty hitter. Do you feel like you have more pop now as a lefty?
2: Uh, the, I mean, definitely, so. but, like, just looking at, at my my metrics, you know, my exit view is kind of the same from both sides, just a lefty, I have a, it's more easy for me to elevate the ball. And last year, you know, in the big leagues, um, I didn't, I didn't do so, so good right-handed hitter, right-handed. So, you know, this, this is what I'm trying to work right now. And it's coming to spring training, you know, just trying to be as good from both sides and, and not just be a uh, good from, from the lefty. So that's what I'm working on right now. Blummer
0: mentioned it was an opposite field home run. Do you feel like that's when you're at your best, when you're not in pull mode and you're using the whole field?
2: Yeah, definitely. So sometimes as haters, when when we want to go the other way, uh, I think uh, we get a little little too handsy and that we're trying to guide the ball, but you don't want to guide the ball. You you still want to swing. And whenever you can, you know, just go the other way, full swing without trying to guide it and, and hit it good, That's that's when – I feel great at, at the plate.
1: Yeah, being a switch hitter is tough working from both sides, and you do a good job of of that. I'm kind of curious, going back to your childhood a little bit, you know, you you lived, you said, in a couple of different places, had some different cultures that have made you what you are. Is there a particular player or players that you enjoyed watching as a kid and maybe inspired you to be a Major League Baseball player?
2: Uh, yeah, so when I was young, uh, I really liked – Vladimir Guerrero was one of my favorite players, and uh, he played for the Expos. And, you know, even when you're young and you're trying to, like, hit like somebody, I would try to hit, like, like Guerrero. And he was somebody that he could do everything. He could run, had the arm, power. So he was definitely my favorite player.
1: Yeah, I can vouch for that. I was actually lucky enough to come up through Montreal's uh, farm system at the same time that Vladdy was going. And I completely agree with you 100%. He was the total package and probably a modern-day version of Roberto Clemente, the way he was able to go out there with the average, the speed, the power, the defense, the arm. Uh, you know So that was a lot of fun to watch. Uh, tell me a little bit about your experience being in the Astros organization. Was there a place in the minor league ball? I know that the big leagues is probably your favorite place to play, but if you had to pick a minor league city that you went through with the Astros and had the best time, which uh, place would you pick?
2: its I would say – I would say Round Rock. I really, I really like the city and also the fans were great. And uh, I mean, Tri City too. It was I really like it over there. But I think I would have to go with with Round Rock. It was it was really great.
0: Well, you didn't get a lot of time there last year, right? You were <laughs> mostly a Corpus Christi. Uh, Ninety eight games with the Hooks, and that's where you didn't get called up till August at AAA. Was it when you got to Round Rock, and you're now one step away from the major leagues? And some guys do get called up from A to the major leagues, but it's a little more rare. Was it when you got to Round Rock that you thought, hey, if things go well, I could be a major leaguer fairly soon?
2: Uh, honestly, no. Like, when I went to Round Rock, and it was re- it was late. I think we had a month left in the season, and I was doing good. So, like, in my head, I was, like, you know, like trying to finish strong the season and, you know, hopefully make the playoffs for the Round Rock and, and you know, go from there. And whenever I had the call to go to the big leagues, I was – Obviously, I was really happy, but I was like, it was not something I was really expecting in, or I was a little bit in shock, but in a good way, obviously. So the
0: 2019 numbers stand for themselves. You you hit incredible at both AA and AAA, and then in the big leagues, a couple of home runs. You take that back to your 2018 Arizona Fall League. I know Troy Snicker... Who's one of the Astros' hitting coaches worked with you in the AFL? Do you think that that was a big impetus for what happened to you in 2019? Your work with Troy, that Arizona Fall League.
2: Oh yeah, that Arizona Fall League. It's it's it was huge till this day. Something that that helped me so much in my career, and and for the reason is you know when you come up, I mean at first when you're a professional and you feel like you have to do you know this like complicated drills or, you know, different things to, to get better. And in the fall, league, it was just about keeping it simple, you know, just work on your swing. And it was nothing crazy. Just, you know, keep it simple, see the ball, hit a good pitch, and it's something that it clicked ever since it clicked, and that's what helped me so far in my offensive wise so when you are in the clubhouse with these guys
1: and you have a chance to go down to the cage and let's say snicker and cintron aren't available who who is your hitting buddy when you go down to the tunnel
2: honestly they're always there they're always working but i would sometimes hit with Maestro. i hit a couple of times with a altuve yeah but if not our hitting coach sir, cintron or snicker they, they would always be there
1: and give us an idea of how the clubhouse was this spring training i know it was a little bit tumultuous over the offseason with uh, everything that was going on off the field but how was the atmosphere within that 2020 astros clubhouse and spring training
2: i mean you know the the atmosphere you know guys there were there was just i feel like they, we were just stick more together so it was you know guys were like you know we we know we're where we're going to be like this year yeah, we know all the criticism we're going to face. So, you know, we, we got to be more close, closer than ever. And that's, that's where the atmosphere was. It's kind of like, you know, it's our, the team against, against everybody and everybody was, you know, trying to help each other with the questions and how to handle all of this. So, you know, I think that's going to help for, for the chemistry in the future.
0: Astros podcast continues with Abraham Toro joining us on the line right now and Abraham working out in, Oklahoma he was a fifth round draft pick out of Seminole State which is an Oklahoma junior college that has produced a lot of major leaguers so uh, in addition to your working out in Oklahoma trying to stay ready for the 2020 baseball season what else have you been doing during this uh, time where you have all this free time to yourself
2: um, you know honestly not much you know obviously trying to trying to limit going in public places and you know since everything's closed trying to, trying to work out do my thing and and, you know, stay isolated so so we can, we can you know, kill this spread and, and get back to baseball as soon as possible.
0: Abraham, we really look forward to seeing you play baseball. I know how excited everyone was to see you in your rookie season in 2019. Congrats again on winning Minor League Player of the Year for the Houston Astros. And, and thanks for joining us. We look forward to seeing you sooner than later.
2: Hey, thanks, guys. It was, it was fun uh, talking to you guys. Yeah, appreciate the time, Abraham. Uh, Yes, they save you, too.
0: Thanks again to Abraham Toro for joining us on this Astros podcast. Blummer, some final thoughts before we wrap things up.
1: Yeah, again, when we do these things, hearing your voice, talking to some of these players, man, it makes me miss the game. And I just hope that we're able to figure this out and get back on the field and enjoy some Astros baseball. Uh, just want everybody to listen and everybody to go to astros.com. Check out uh, you know any way to reach out to players and to this podcast. Give us your questions, your insights, what you want to hear. I think that would be a great thing. You can get uh, to radio at astros.com if you want to email in some questions. And a uh, shameless plug right here for for Bleacher Blums. I'll be doing yep. a podcast every week with my good buddy David Tuttle. So uh, be looking out for that.
0: Yeah, I got to think you guys don't have any excuse of being too busy in your schedules. Now <laughs> you can crank, you can crank them out on a regular basis.
1: Yeah, literally, uh, you know, Tuttle's got an everyday job, but he's working from home, so I can ambush him on a, on a weekday and crank these things out, but it's been a lot of fun. And you know what's great about this, too, is it allows us to be a little more creative and get some more insight from fans and then get some more insight from the players, too, maybe asking questions we normally wouldn't ask during the course of a season.
0: I got to think there was a transition, though, because you guys went from straight podcasting now that you're videoing yourselves in the podcast. You got to engage a lot more, right? You can't, like kick your feet up on the table and put your hat on backwards. Like you said, you got to at least be presentable now.
1: Yeah, we got to be presentable. I've got to have a good backdrop, and I've got to, you know, contain who's walking in behind me. I think our first episode, I actually had one of my daughters come into the office and pick up something she had printed out. But uh, yeah, I, and also, you know, it puts a lot of pressure on me because I actually have to engage with David Tuttle now and actually possibly kind of sort of make eye contact, and I can't be looking <laughs> at my phone. So it's created all kinds of fun issues. But uh, no, I appreciate you bringing that up. And yeah, we're we're now on. We have got a YouTube channel. You can go to uh, social no stream is the youtube channel that we're on and of course we're always going to be on every podcast platform but uh, we're having a lot of fun doing it and again most of the opportunities that we're looking for right here even doing this podcast with you is staying engaged with the fans and letting them know that we are with them Uh, even though we're at home alone trying to grind through this we are with you going through this process at the same time
0: hey and i wanted to let you know too you and julia have had an influence on me in terms of uh you've always been on me about getting on cameo And depending on when this podcast airs, they'll either have just started or in the process of starting. But I'm working with them and trying to support Project Frontline, which uh, Joe Smith, Ali LaForce, Lance McCullers. Yeah, so... We're going to do some cameos and, and try and uh, make some money to try and help out that project. So you guys have always been talking to me about something I should do. So I am finally going to make that jump. Uh, so we've been talking to Cameo lately. So Blemmer, I look forward to I know you're so you're very active on social media and I know the fans appreciate it. I'm going to try and get better. Um, but in the meantime, I know we'll still be active and, and connecting with fans wherever we can. So be good. Hopefully we'll uh, we'll do this again soon.
1: Yeah, I miss you, brother. Be good.
0: That'll do it for Astros Podcast. We look forward to having you join us again on a future show. See you
1: later! Houston, we know these are uncertain and unprecedented times, but we will get through this. We will get through this together. Together. It is important that we all take the necessary steps to ensure safety of our loved ones and our community. You're the best fans in baseball. The best. And we love you. We
0: love you. Baseball will be back. And we cannot wait to see you. Stay safe, Houston. For the H. It's for the H.